Hello again and welcome to the Global Fly Fisher Podcast. This is Martin Jorgensen speaking, probably with a bit of wind in the microphone. I'm uh, one of the partners behind the website, the Global Fly Fisher, and and your host for this podcast. Um, Right now I'm I'm outdoors, as you can can hear from the wind and you may be able to hear the birds and uh, maybe an airplane actually uh, there's an airplane passing over right now I'm in uh, in Jutland in Denmark on a very very beautiful stream in the southern part of uh, of Denmark fishing for for trout and grayling and rainbows and uh, I've had moderate success fishing has been fine but my timing has been pretty poor on the dry flies I've probably had about eight or ten offers and only landed a single fish but then the fishing with a a small beadhead nymph and an emerger kind of beadhead nymph has been okay got a grayling and a rainbow on that one and a nice rainbow sorry nice grayling on the on the dry fly, not big fish, but it's kind of uh, challenging fishing. It's uh, woody, lots of trees, um, lots of weed in the stream, as you may see from the pictures that I'll post, and uh, not much space to move. And the stream is too little to to wade. You you don't want to get in the stream unless absolutely necessary. So. Um, yeah, it's been a challenge, but it's been really, really nice. The weather is almost too good. It's getting warmer and warmer, and it's sunny. There are a lot of hatches going on, but not that much rising. Actually, I just saw a fish rise. I'm going to give that a shot in a moment. Um, and um, as you may have guessed, this podcast will be uh, about stream fishing. Not that I'm going to pretend that I'm really very knowledgeable about stream fishing. It's not a kind of fishing that I do very much. There are tons of people out there who know way much more about that. But in anyways, it, it's going to be about stream fishing. And um, it's also going to be about connecting with people. And I'll explain why that's interesting in, in a moment. Um, whoa, there's a dipper, the bird, a dipper that goes into the, um, into the water and comes out again. That's quite amazing. There it went, went off. They actually swim. I wouldn't expect a, a dipper in water like this. The, they, they usually go in, um, in much, uh, much faster water. This is fast, but only moderately so. Um, it's clear. It's very clear compared to what we usually find in Danish streams. Yesterday we fished on an, another uh, and, and much bigger stream, and um, and that was kind of murky. And also they were cutting the weed in the stream, which is done in some streams because um, of uh, 
the need for for drainage for farmland and uh, and when the weed is cut as you can imagine you've got a ton of weed floating downstream and you've got these boats with their you know huge grass trimmer kind of things um, running down through the stream and just stirring up everything is quite annoying actually usually the fishing gets better according to local knowledge after an hour or so when the when the, the trimming is done but uh, yesterday it just never turned on it just had very very little action in the, in that stream which is actually quite a good stream I've been fishing there for many years uh, usually try to get there in the in the spring and, and fish for grayling and and brownies so well the thing about connecting to people is uh, it's interesting and you'll understand why when I when I describe the group of people I've been fishing with I've actually been fishing with a, with a good friend Kim who also happens to be a customer in my my business as a web consultant but he's also a very good friend and uh, Kim knows Bill and now the interesting part starts because Bill is an American and married to a Danish girl lives in in Shellen where I live and uh, happens to know Rodney Rodney is from British Columbia or rather originally from Taiwan I think and you may know Rodney he's uh, the guy behind fishingwithrod.com and a very knowledgeable uh, angler when it comes to fishing British Columbia Rodney also knows a Danish girl Nina who was fishing with us and uh, the four of us have come over from uh, from Shellen and Rodney and Nina has left today but they fished with us yesterday where we also met up with Ripley who's uh, Brit and Steve who's Ripley's friend and Ripley is actually married to a Lithuanian girl but they both live in Denmark and what you can get from that today we're actually meeting up with two more guys Nils and Henning who are good friends of mine and uh, altogether the party is quite a mixed bunch of people from countries all over the world and uh, meeting at a Danish stream and um, that's what I mean by connecting is that whenever you travel abroad or even in your own country you always have the, um, the option of connecting with with other anglers for some reason or well the reasons should be obvious actually the angling and uh, the fly fishing uh, as a common interest but for for that reason you always seem to get along well with with other fly fishers and uh, it's um, it's quite amazing how easy it is to get connected with people in in a country that you you that you visit and uh, in these uh, internet times it is even more amazing how easy it is to, to establish that contact you know back when you had to write a letter and wait for things to happen and you have may, maybe you had to write a letter to uh, 
somebody you knew to connect you to another person that that person knew and uh, in order to get connected in a certain part of, uh, of the world. But these days you can actually post a message on some bulletin board or you know drop a note somewhere and uh, boom you've got emails from people generally very generous people offering to take you fishing in their local waters and showing you the, you the ways and um, giving trying to give you the best experience on there on the water and uh, that's really a, a great thing because uh, mostly you would have a hard time finding the good water and uh, and and just uh, just uh, getting access to the water uh, get finding the locations buying licenses um, whatever is needed to um, to to gain access to the water and uh, and and next you you would probably have a hard time selecting flies or fishing method or you know should you get into the stream or stay out of the stream should you fish in the surface or deep or should you do this or that you need a guide do you need somebody local to show you the ways or whatever and um, it's really uh, it's really easy to 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 get people to to help you and what you do is of course in return you help other people who come to your country and show them the ways and take them fishing and invite them to dinner or whatever you want uh, socialize and uh, and let them meet your fishing buddies and uh, get together and tie flies or whatever and uh, doing that is really a great thing too because uh, what you do is pay back you may not pay back to the, the particular person that you that you help uh, that, that helped you in the first time but uh, another fish rose here I'm gonna fish in a moment and see what happens but no but you you may not return it directly to the person that you that assisted you in in, in your journeys but um, but you know what comes around goes around and uh, and uh, by helping others you return the favor and uh, and that person may help somebody else and that person may again help somebody else and in the end your original assistant will be receiving help somewhere in the world so the circle is full and uh, and you've actually started something really good during the years I've probably had people from I don't know 15 20 different countries fishing and uh, some even staying in my house and case that has been practical and I've picked them up and set them down and taken them to the airport and whoa there's a fish down there I probably spooked it Let's see where it goes this stream is quite clear in since we're in the western part of oh there's a fish I'm, I'm gonna catch that one I see that one he can't see me because I've got the Sun in the back let me see if I can get it. it's probably a grayling it's not a big one though it's just uh, just a 20 centimeter fish or some five six inches or something but uh, if I can get that to to rise to the fly that's going to be pretty thrilling because he's in about a foot of water or something and I may be able to to cast without him seeing the uh, seeing the the rod tip or 
or the uh, or the movement of the of the line and and get him to get up. If it's a it's if it's a grayling, they will rise from amazing depths. It's quite amazing how they how they get up and uh, and go to the surface for almost anything. Oh, I've got an upstream wind here. That's pretty pretty bad actually. I'm gonna try again. It's a very calm stretch of the of the stream here, and and I've got an upstream wind, meaning that my fly is actually just still on the surface. The fish is not moving. I need to get out a bit further. See if we can do anything here. It's really short casting here. I'm gonna get out even further. Oh. Like that. Oh, nothing. I may want to put on a nymph to get down. I'll do that in a moment. Just give this a shot, see if I can get that fish to rise. That was a good cast, if I can call it that. A good dunk. That is going to pass right over the fish. Let's see. Nope. Again. Nothing. Okay. Let me just back off here a bit and see if I can find a small and heavy nymph. See if I can get down there. It's probably not going to be easy, but anyways. This is, as I said, a pretty clear stream. Um, it's not that common to be able to spot fish in Danish streams, but in this case, uh, I've been pretty, pretty lucky and question is now what I need what probably something that's not too shiny and something with a fairly big bead on it so that I can get down there seems to be a lot of caddis hatching right now and um, see if I can find something caddis like that will, that will go down I have a, a small nymph with some some copper and a bead head that's going to be sufficiently heavy. Let's give this little guy a, a second chance. Um, he doesn't seem to be feeding though. But anyways, it's gonna pass right by him. This fly. He just lift it slowly to kind of induce some movement. It's not a big fly. It's slowly sinking. I can see it in the water, but it's probably getting down there. He's in a in a hole. See what happens here. Absolutely nothing. But I'm not spooking him either. Let's see if we can get it out a bit further. I'm gonna clip on a couple of split shots, uh, see what happens. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let's just see where I put the split shot. You can't use lead in the Danish stream, so I've got some other soft and heavy uh, 
Whoops, lost a spool of leader there. I want to pick that up. You can't use lead in the streams. You can't buy lead anymore. So it's uh, it's probably tungsten or something else, which is uh, significantly more expensive than than uh, lead, but uh, also much better to the environment. So that makes sense. I think these these split shots have been out of the of the box at one time because it seems that there are all kinds of sizes mixed with each other and I no matter what I do I always get some really small ones out when I want some big ones. I'll just go back in there. Actually the small ones are way too small for my usage. I don't know why I bought this this small container in the first place, but We'll see what happens. Sorry for the breaking up here. I'm, I'm uh, trying to concentrate on this Ledger project. Well, there was some some good ones. Just a couple. Don't need too much. Get that closed and get it on. The leader, I'm gonna put it about, I don't know how much, 10, 15 inches away from the, uh, from the, uh, the flyer. And I'm actually just using my teeth to, to close them, they're quite soft. I have a set of pliers in my in my in my fanny pack, but I'm uh, I'm not going to use those. See whether that helped. It's probably a bit too far from the fly. Actually, it's going to be a problem. You can open these again with your fingernail. If you have strong fingernails, it's actually possible to pry them open again and just slide them down a, the the leader just a little bit. Okay, that was one, and the other one, okay, that's better. Alright, see if we can get that one, that's probably not going to be that easy, it's uh, as I said, pretty challenging fishing here, it's, uh, it's not like you just plug in a, a fly and then it just works. It's uh, lots of trees, small stream with lots of weed in it. Okay, there we go, that's a good drift. There comes the, the fly. Oh, he moved, yeah, oh. Just wiggling his tail and you know, getting out a few inches to one side. Definitely saw the fly. See if one more time I can get a bit closer this time. I think it's it's a fairly deep hole he's in. Oh no. He moves alright. The question is whether it's 
because I'm spooking him or whether it's because he's interested. Oh, beautiful insects. Here, lots of insects coming off here. Caddis, mayflies, all kinds of uh, hatches going on. Oh, he is really tempted. And he's definitely eating. But I'm having a hard time getting down there on the way down, I think. snack there. At least I know I'm deep enough. Oh, got a tree here. That's what happens. Luckily it's on on the bank and close to where I'm standing. I can probably reach out and untangle the, the leader, but usually catching a tree is a terrible thing, you know. And I'm putting the rod on the, on the ground here so that I can get close to the tree and not tangle any more than I'm already done. And it's around a small branch to make things worse. So, whoops, that was a very dry branch, so it just broke off. That's pretty lucky. Okay, let's see. Everything is intact. I think I'm gonna pinch one of the split shots just a bit harder. The fish is still there. It's probably not going to be that fish that I'm, I will catch. Okay. Okay, while I'm fishing, let me talk about that, that connection thing again. Um, apart from the fact that you actually set off a, a chain of people helping people, what you also get from from helping people is of course some really great fishing experiences. It's been really great fun for me to have people from abroad fishing here in Denmark. Mostly of course uh, taking them to the uh, to the beach and to the the ocean fishing for sea trout on the shore because that's kind of a special type of fishing for Denmark and, uh, and most people have never fished that way before and many 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 of the anglers that come or stream anglers and stream anglers usually find it quite intimidating to fish in the uh, in the ocean and just get to the beach and and try uh, catching a, a sea trout in something which seems you know endlessly endless but um, that can be really great fun to have people um, come uh, and, and, and try to fish sea trout. I've had some really, really great times doing that. Okay, let me see little guy. Come on now. Oh, snagged again, which is also a good sign. As my Dutch friend Hans says, if you don't snag, you're not deep enough. If you don't get the branches on the up to the side, you're not far enough, or close enough to the bank. So it's kind of a, you have to, to, to get the bottom on occasion. And you have to, yeah, wow. I don't know why he's not taking that fly. It's probably, he may take some really tiny stuff down there because it's, he's eating, it's 
no doubt about it. It's moving back and forth. I can't see the mouth, but I can see the fish moving just one side to the other. But And he also moves to the fly here, but not really in a very hungry way. No, doesn't seem to be very interested. I had one rainbow come out. I was fishing a deep hole under some trees and that fish just came out like charging from several feet away. And I just saw the fish coming and don't take the a small beaded nymph on on a just on a unweighted leader and it was just amazing. Really aggressive. I keep on snagging stuff on my on my own side of the small run that, that the fish is in. I think I'm gonna give up getting that fish. It's not really uh, I don't think it's gonna work. We may find not another one that's that's visible. It's uh, most of the fish that I've caught have either been rising or, or just hiding in the in the weed and have just come out like boom. This one is not really interested in in my offerings. I'm gonna give it a chance and go a bit closer. As I said, I have the, I just need my shadow not to fall in the fish. I have the sun in my back, so he's probably not able to see me at all. Um, and I can actually maneuver the fly quite, quite precisely into his line of sight, which does not make a big difference. And even though I rise the fly just in front of the fish and really do what I can to get him to, to take, it's, it's in vain. Snagged again. I should maybe try with the, the nymph just a bit heavier. Oh, there's another fish there. Small grayling. That's spooked, definitely. See if we can get that one. They kind of queue up. Grayling like to go in schools. Now they're fighting for the, the spot. That's a pretty good spot, obviously. And they're kind of moving around. Backing off there. Might bring them into some water that's a bit more shallow and they're definitely fighting for the for the place there. See if we can I think they're spooked now. one rise. That's probably not going to work.
Well, it's nice anyway to go on a stream like this where the water is so clear you can actually see the fish on the bottom. Um, it's uh, really a, a beautiful little stream. They're not busy feeding at least, they're just scooting around in this little pool and chasing each other and one has been chased out of the out of that really nice lie there of the feeding lane and the other one is returning now and they're coming back both of them and just going back exactly the same place and just staying there the other one is in uh, in the back now quite amazing to see it's fun to see when you can see the fish that clearly just moving around. Okay, last shot. Let's see what we can do now. Is it's back in position feeding. See if we can get down there. I may want to try just one last cast with a bigger nymph on. I don't think the depth is the, is the problem now. I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Just walking along the bank here, just looking out for rises or movement or good stretches. Actually, this this stretch uh, of the stream is not that interesting, I, if you ask me. It's uh, it's quite beautiful, but uh, the most of the trees have been cut down along the the bank, and um, it's a very open landscape with no shadow over the over the stream anywhere. I'm crossing a small, small creek here that that runs into the uh, runs into the main stream. You can probably hear the the water running here. It's not really any anything beautiful, but these small feeders can can sometimes give give some pretty good fishing. Uh, Maybe worth just casting uh, right out in front of this. Um, let me just see how it looks. It's a, there's a pretty deep hole there. I mean, I've got a dry fly on now. I've got a, an ant pattern actually. So, uh, but I've seen no rises for a long time. I think I'll, as I said, head back to the to the small woods, foresty part of the of the stream. It was much more charming but anyways let's just give it a, a few casts here now that that I am here and uh, sometimes you can you can actually entice particularly grayling to to rise to a dry fly even though there's absolutely nothing on the surface oh this is a dead slow part of the stream this is not really very interesting I'm uh, by the way I'm fishing a, a split cane rod which is really, really great. The greatest way of fishing small streams and small fish. It's really a charming way of fishing and a really nice w casting experience. Fishing with with a rod that's just very soft, very deep action, bending all the way down to the handle, and 
and really just a charming thing to to walk with there's a good stretch here just kind of floating my fly as the current goes until it starts dragging and um, and just let it kind of flow down the uh, where the current is or the current takes it and there's a kind of a, a channel here between the the wheat oh and there's a wind here just in my face of course uh, not exactly making it easy to get the fly to land where you want uh, split cane rod is not really uh, a, oops that was a rise upstream here just heard the splash and saw the ring uh, no, the split cane rod is not really anything. It's not a powerhouse in any way. It's it's a beautifully casting rod. It's not a, a big deal. You can cast a lot of line with a split cane rod, but it's kind of a rod that doesn't let you force anything on it. Um, you just take it easy. There's no need to, to hurry anything, and uh, there's no need to to double haul or give it any any power of any kind. Actually, there's no need to cast. I mean, I may have like five meters, five meters of fly line out. That's about 15 feet or something. And that's probably about the furthest I've been casting today. It's uh, the, the, the stream is less than that uh, in the, from bank to bank and uh, and most of the places that I've been fishing has actually called for really, really short casts. And a rod like this actually does do some really good short lining. And I, it's a four-weight rod, and I, I think I may have a five-weight line on it. And uh, it loads immediately. It's it bends deep with very little line out, and it does some really beautiful casting with some soft presentations and uh, just what you want from a, a small stream rod. Um, it's not like I have consistent rises here, it's just the odd fish moving. I might be taking emergers and just getting to the surface almost by mistake. And um, the stream is actually pretty difficult to fish with a with an M for an emerger because it's uh, it's so full of weed. You really have to find the, the channels in between the um, in between the weed in order to get if you want your your fly to go down. Bill was fishing a, uh, an emerger pattern, which he just kind of dead drifted downstream in between these uh, weed patches and then just twitched it a couple of times, like you would have the caddis emerging against the, the current and just rising quickly and uh, that actually gave him a couple of strikes and uh, apart from that most of the, the activity and most of the catching has taken place in the surface this is really uh, I don't think this is gonna give me anything um, I'm gonna head back for something to drink it's uh, one important thing, actually, is uh, as a farewell note, I might say, as uh, Ripley said yesterday, it's uh, remembering back when 
you started fishing and uh, you just went on a whole day without drinking anything and you came home with really being tired and with uh, uh, a headache and not realizing that actually you'd been out a whole day without drinking anything and uh, it is really important to remember to drink when you're outdoors even even on a cold day you're exposed to the wind and the, the air and you dry out and uh, you get kind of not really dehydrated but at least really dry you get your lips are dry and your body is actually devoid of water so you really need need to drink a lot more than, than you th than you think and uh, yeah uh, that might be just the the wise words from uh, from the global five fisher and the final message for for today and for this podcast unless i i bump into a big fish on the way and start catching uh, i think i'll just leave you here and bid you goodbye from this beautiful south danish stream with grayling and rainbows and brown trout of which i have caught a few but nothing on on the recording here unfortunately i've seen a few on the bottom and uh, they were kind of passive so i think that calls for a break in my fishing and i'm just heading back to the car and you should remember to go fishing whenever the opportunity is there and your family or your boss allows you to do to do so and just go get them those fish out there and have a nice day and enjoy yourself this is Martin Jorgensen of the Global Five Fishers saying bye take care